Hey, before we get started, wanted to say thanks to a couple sponsors that keep the show on the air. Physical Therapy and Balance Centers. They were created by PTs, especially for PTs in private practice. On average, a private practice who joins the physical network grows more than 40%. So if you're ready to discover how the largest network of PT private practice owners are growing and adapting to industry changes, visit physicalfranchise.com. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L franchise.com. And our friends from MW Therapy, they want to know, hey, have your EMR costs grown out of control? Has your current EMR hit a wall? Or maybe it was invented in 2007 when smartphones weren't even a thing. There's a time for something better at times now. MW Therapy. Take a demo now at mwtherapy.com. That's mwtherapy.com, where switching over your EMR is easy. And our friends at CBDRX for you, your CBD store, get the ABCs of CBD at CBDRX4U.com. That's CBDRX, the number four, the letter U, dot com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, welcome to PT Pinecast. I see the best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. Uh, great physical therapy conversations on tap. No stranger to the show. Welcome back from MW Therapy, Sharif Zeed. Sharif, welcome back to the program, man. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, tactful. If someone were to ask me, like, you know, what, is, what, is, what does Sharif bring? It's like these things that you don't know you need them until you get to the point where you need them. Or, or you do it and you're like, ah, I'll just wing this. How, how hard could it be? How bad could it be? And then you do it and you're like, yeah, should have bought the manual. I appreciate that. Tactful is a nice word, and I'll certainly take it. I've uh, been called other ones, so that one sounds good to me. <laughs> so just for clarification, if you check out uh, the website at mwtherapy.com, they've got great blog articles on the reg for things. If you're a physical therapist, if you're a physical therapist assistant, if you're a practice owner, as well as guides, things that are downloadable, go look at them. Even I love when people are like, no, 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 I have all these bases covered, and they read something. They're like, oh, I didn't know number seven. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, you might know seven or eight of them but if you don't know three and you pick those up so go download those there uh sharif you've been working with uh with people in the health it space for like 15 plus years with a bulk of that working with pt practices and the topic we're going to talk about today is is near and dear to your heart which can cost people money right it's it's that one of those hidden costs and it's challenges in hiring and retaining right now and also how technology and emr like mw therapy can fit in. So first and foremost, like, why is this topic important? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I appreciate the plug on the blog and uh, the opportunity to have folks check that out. Just like on our blog, you know, we're hearing from practices all the time across the country, right? Clients, clients we're hoping to work with, etc. Just what's going on out there in the space. And it seems like right now, there's a lot of uh, big eyeballs on on this hiring and retention, uh, let's call it challenges. Uh, maybe if you want to be more rosy, maybe opportunity, but, uh, right. but, you know, just finding difficulty um, if it's hiring clinical staff right now, sort of a deficiency out there in the number of PTs out in the space that are available to hire. Um, and then if you do find somebody questions about compensation and, you know, what can you afford to pay and things like that. And then on the retention side, obviously, just like patients, you know, there's the getting the patient and then there's the keeping the patient and there's the getting the PT or getting a biller or getting a staffer at your front desk or whatever. And I think that, um, you know, uh, COVID was this big, you know, impetus to try new things that maybe hadn't been done before. And 
to me, this is one of those next waves is like, okay, I can't get what I need uh, out there in the market potentially, what can I do? Or I've got to do more with less and just you know with different flavors on it. So um, lots of opportunities to kind of talk about those things. And in our space, we're seeing technology uh, increasing in that sort of hierarchy of discussion about how does that play into some of these questions. So. Well, let's start with content. hiring. Where, where, yeah. where could an EMR fit in and, and, and important? I mean, I, I know we've talked about this before on this show, and it's if you think yeah. about it for more than a second, you understand finding someone versus retaining someone in terms of cost and energy and bandwidth, it, it just pays more to keep find good people and keep good people than it keeps than it would be to keep trying to locate those good people. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, to your question, okay, where does technology fit into this whole thing? So first of all, if we we start backwards and we start with retention, um, I think that you know PTs uh, in particular on the clinical side, but also on your administrative, your billing sides, you know, this system, their EMR is something they're going to use all the time. So if they're not happy with it or they're not efficient with it. That leads to you know, discord, discomfort, unhappiness, all the things that you, you would think about leading towards issues with retention. So when you're talking about having employees, have you asked them recently how things are going? You know, and that can be a broad question, right? But in this context, we're talking about technology, but how are you doing? What is driving you nuts? What's taking you too much time to do? Um, what, is, what are some sort of pain points for you as far as these technology and other things are concerned? And it just gives you an opportunity to hear and you may uncover some things that you can solve. And if you can solve them and somebody can get out the door uh, on time instead of being stuck behind trying to do stuff. And everybody loves to talk about documentation off hours. But these days, everybody's kind of, you know, really feeling a lot of pressure to, to get things done and get them done before the bell rings. So help. Um, so I think tech is a big part of that because. I know on our last call, we talked about, you know, the operating system of the practice, and that's essentially what an EMR is. So if you haven't checked in with them for a while, do that. Um, and similarly, when you're hiring, I think, you know, what people are looking at all sorts of things, obviously compensation, right? There's no, no debate about that. But the, the feel of the clinic, the, the atmosphere, the culture, um, some of these more intangibles and technologies is, is in that, you know, am, am I coming into a very disorganized practice that right. I'm going to be like, you know, picking up the slack on everything and managing my own this, that, and the other thing and chasing down patients, et cetera? Or am I coming into a well-oiled machine, has a nice protocol for things, has a good tech stack, things work fluidly, I'm free to treat, do the things I like to do and, and be efficient with them. And I think if you're not talking about that when you're hiring people, you may be missing an opportunity to share something positive. Like, hey, this is a well-run practice, right? We're big, we're small, it doesn't matter. We do things well. We do them nicely. We work together as a team and our tech is there to support us in all of those efforts. I think I think where people understand user experience or user design a lot is because now everybody's got a smartphone and we have these things called apps. And we get annoyed when this app doesn't move fast enough or it's hard to navigate. And that's an easy thing to picture because we all use them. And I think what you're highlighting there is, you, are you paying attention as a practice owner? Are you paying attention to what that user experience is like? Because when you start multiplying clicks or delays in how something works, or man, why is this nine steps when it should be five? Um, multiply that by 50 weeks a year for someone working with you. That can be the uh, proverbial rock in your shoe that really wears you down and, and makes someone's experience not that great. And that person is actually representing your company or your brand treating patients. 
And if that rock in the shoe for the clinician, which by the way, could be fixed if you ask them how their shoe is fitting, right? In this example, just by asking, saying, well, there's a rock in the shoe. Why is this nine clicks instead of five? Oh yeah, no, I could fix that real quick. It really is the paying attention and asking first. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, look, you know, there is certainly variability between the protocol for different patients, but let's be honest, like most of it is pretty consistent, right? You have an intake process, you have, if you accept insurance, you have an authorization process, you have a referral, a collection, and that sort of data collection, you have treatments, you have documentation, you have billing, you have collections. There are pretty, you know, formulaic steps to a patient's journey. And, um, you know, we've talked about that in the context of how do you improve that patient journey? But here we're really talking about happiness at these different steps. And if you're competing in a tight labor market in your specific area, wherever you are, or you're in an area that doesn't have a lot of people that, you know, just you're more rural or, or less busy, you know, these are all the things that you're looking for, because likely that person is interviewing with a number of places and they might be saying, you know, hey, these, these folks are promising me, you know, I'll be home every day on time. Um, I will, I will not be, you know, facing some of these challenges and so forth. And I just, you know, so there, there's lots of opportunity and I, I guess it's this, it's kind of a common theme. Don't underestimate the importance of technology in there. And um, this is true across all things, but I mean, you look at big companies like Google and Facebook, right? What are some of the perks that they're talking about? You know, here's, here's how we do things and you're going to have this and you're going to have that. And, and those, a lot of them are intangibles just like this. They focus. And I was having a conversation this morning about somebody who wanted to break into the world of communications and marketing from a psychology background. And after our conversation, I said, what was the, what was the thing that surprised you most about our conversation? And she said it was the focus, less of a focus on features, more of a focus on benefits. And at first she kind of looked at me like, well, they're the same thing. And I highlighted, listen, this microphone is black. It's, you know, it's 12 inches tall and it's, uh, it was a hundred dollars feature, feature. And there's your price. There's your cost. The benefits is I plug this thing in once and I talk and I sound great. It, so it's really, it's, it's the focus on those benefits. What do I get out of it? What is the output? And if you look at things like Google and Facebook and Microsoft, they spent Nike is a great example. Gatorade. What can I become? Show me what this will feel like on my Friday when I don't have to be doing documentation at 601 because I want to be on the beach. That's a that's a benefit. That's not a feature. How you get there is the is are the features. What you get is what I pay attention with my heart. That's the benefit. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the other part of this conversation is, you know, back to that compensation. I mean, it's it, a lot of practice owners are caught between a rock and a hard place. Obviously, reimbursements are not moving and trending in a direction that everybody right. wants. It's harder to drive that profit. At the same time, you have an increasing desire to pay more in order to attract either any talent or or obviously high quality talent. So you're, you're sandwiched between these two, these two pressures. So these other some of these other intangibles like technology can can bridge the gap. And if the next thing that's very valuable after money is time. And so, you know, you can't necessarily always, you know, buy time as much as you'd like, but in this case, you almost can by having something that works well and operates well, you can get that PT, you know, where they want to be and where they need to be. And you'd be surprised, uh, uh, you know, an applicant may take a few dollars less in compensation in exchange for, you know, more of a promise or surety that, you know, hey, I'm going to have, I'm going to have the balance that I want, or I'm going to have the, the, you know, the hard cut when I need it to be, especially if, you know, they have families and things like that, where they, they really value it. So, you know, it's, it's like, 
yeah, you can just keep adding 10% to your base salary until you hit like a cap where you just capped it. You're, you're topped right. out. You really just can't offer anymore and still make the numbers work. Um, but encouraging people to think on other things. And again, this is beyond, you know, your typical other benefits and fringe and things like that, but really getting into this level. Well, the good thing is what we're meant, what, what I see the conversations happening now over the last couple of years is I don't think we need to over emphasize the value of time. I think we've, people have been talking about that enough. I think now as a practice owner, you have to show it. You can't just say, Hey, listen, I understand how valuable your time is. Um, I want to respect your time. I want to get you in and out. I want you, I want you treating. And then I want you out the door in as, it is as efficient manner as possible. That's mentioning showing how you're going to do that and making sure you over communicate. We respect that. And here's how we will do it for you and how you will get it. So talk about some of the ways that an EMR can be flexible and can actually start to um, bank some of that time or, or, or steal some of that time back. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, first, I, I think I'd start on sort of the clinician PT side. I mean, the number one time sink is documentation. There's just, this is an, it's a discussion as old as dirt at this point. Yep. But, um, you know, in, and I, I liked your discussion there. We probably have too many analogies now with shoes and carpenters and all sorts of things, <laughs> but we, uh, we'll find something that we can get, get consistent on. But basically, you know, documentation is a stacking problem, meaning that if there's a single inefficiency in there, every note you write, and if you see like say 10 to 12 patients a day, times five days a week, time, you know, 20 days of business days a month, it just like, it grows. And actually the time is, fr is, is annoying, but it's, it's honestly, it's like user frustration. I find that that really yep. makes people go bonkers. And um, it's just, you know, it's like, oh, I dreading writing my note. And so then I don't write my note. So now I'm behind on my notes. So now then I have another problem where I'm stuck on Friday trying to get them done. So for us, for example, on the EMR, customization is like a huge thing that we talk about all the time because um, it's been interesting. You, as you mentioned, I have been doing this for a while. So I've really seen the evolution. And in my early days in my career, I in this space, I really saw a lot of like, you know, customization was huge because everybody was coming from paper fully customized, right? Because everybody right. made their own stuff. Then there was a wave where they really relied on the EMR vendor to come up with the preloaded templates. And now we are seeing, you know, high and heavy demand for customization where people want to make, go back to having essentially maybe not a hundred percent custom, right? But something that is really tailor built. I mean, when you go in and it's like, these are, these are my exercises. This is what I do on this protocol. This is my history. These are the questions. So there are, customization is a great way to steal time back, take time back from the process and give it back. Um, a, a second one is, um, is going on more of the administrative and billing side is uh, patient portal is huge right now. I mean, for us, it's like, so what we're really talking about with time and satisfaction and so forth is offloading actually work to the patient who, right. by the way, is like super excited to take that work, you know, and do right. it on their phone or do it at home. So having them do their own intakes, having them book their own appointments, having them pay their bills online, things like that are basically taking work off the plate of the front desk person or the biller or the other administrative staff, making the patient happy by offering them a modern experience. It's like literally a win-win. Now, you can take that time that you just earned back or took back and you can do two things. One is you can use it to lessen the pressure on those folks and that's really helpful if they've been sort of topped out. Um, but you also can plow that time back into other things. Now you could do more lucrative things, things that make you more money. And when you make more money, then you can you can offer more compensation and we're, we're back into the loop here. So for example, it's not really efficient to have you know somebody like 
sitting around doing reminder phone calls if you can avoid it. So why right. aren't you using something to do that? Because what you really want to do is take people from doing, you know, low quality work, which is not fun for them and is not productive for you financially and move them into doing so with a biller, for example, we love to see billers working to earn that last 20% of collections that are very challenging instead of struggling to collect the first 80%, which should really be what the system is doing for you and what the product like our product and others potentially can deliver is like, you know, this is, this is what it's supposed to be. And then now we're like, wow, we collected that the 80, 20 rule, 20% of the stuff sure. takes 80% of the work. That's where you can, you can make improvements. Yeah. If, the, the first thing we're talking about customization, the thing that kept coming to mind is if you ever played a game or you've used an app or you've used an EMR, you say, like, man, if this would just, if it would only, why didn't they? And then you have the other end of the spectrum, which is like, well, become a coder. And you're like, no, 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 no. I'm a user. Yeah. So if there's that middle ground where, oh, why do we always ask the questions in this order? It drives me nuts because I have to go back. Great. Reorder your questions. Or I wish this was included only you know, if then, but not here. Great. That's customizable. So you don't have to learn coding. Uh, you just have to know what you're looking for. And then is it easy? Can we meet in the middle and make it customized? Yeah, no, you, you, everybody, all the PTs and owners, they got enough to do. Don't, don't become a coder, don't become you know, a coder. <laughs> leave, leave yeah. that to, leave that to us and, uh, and focus on, on uh, using the tools um, that you have to, to make the most out of it for sure. All right. Well, we talk about an EMR as a tool. We talked about you're going to use it a lot. We want it to be not frustrating. Uh, yeah. Before we wrap up, is there one more way that we want to highlight in terms of how you can leverage technology as a really powerful tool? Yeah, I mean, I think the two other areas that we're we're kind of seeing a lot of activity on would one would certainly be on that billing. I mean, I touched upon that briefly, but for a lot of you know practice owners, sometimes billing is like this sort of it's an island over there. And, um, you know, there's a biller and, and they, they're doing the billing, but um, it, it's a tremendous opportunity, I think, uh, for practices to, to have improvement. It could be improvement on collections. It could be improvement on, you know, um, being able to, to uh, you know, collect faster. So there's collecting more and there's collecting faster. And sometimes collecting faster is important if you're, especially if you're a growing clinic and you're worried about cash flow and paying all these employees that we're talking about. And so I think... Um, you know, we, for example, have a built-in billing, you know, tool. So it's not like an external thing. And we're actually encouraging people to learn more about how billing works, et cetera. Oftentimes talking about staffing and retention, we often get, you know, at times like these, these frantic calls, my biller left after X years. We don't know how billing works. We have no idea what we're doing. What do we do now? So there's a benefit, particularly for owners to know what's going on. And, and that I think it ties into this hiring and retention that, if you can't retain, you have to have a contingency, you have to have a plan. So what happens if somebody leaves and what happens if that person leaves and they're the only one who can do that job? So maybe it's a little bit of cross training and, you know, Jimmy is my guy at the front desk, but why don't we teach him a little bit about billing so that there's something there that we could have some continuity um, if we needed to. So billing is definitely big. And then the other big one, which is talked about a lot these days is marketing automation and bringing a, being able to bring in more patients. Um, and so a lot of practices are, are topping out and, and de dealing with wait lists and things like that, but don't ever stop building that patient pipeline because the, the worst thing that can happen is if you take your foot off the gas and whatever happens uh, with the economy, et cetera, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, I think these days with different things, we hear that too. Um, you don't want to ever, you know, it's much better to have a full pipeline than, than struggle to have it. And 
a lot of referral sources and things take time to germinate, to nurture. You can't just call up one day and all of a sudden, wow, you're getting 10 patients a week from a certain provider. So you want to you wanna take that in. And again, if you do that and you wait until you're sort of at the problem rather than trying to be a little proactive, who is going to bear the brunt of that but your staff? You're going to end up going, everybody's going to be frantic and why don't we have enough patients and things like that. So I think there are some good best practices that continue and tech, you know, uh, EMR is now a much bigger part of marketing, at least with our system, because we have so much data and we know everything right. that's happening and when it's happening and we can we can do amazing things with that information. So uh, kind of some some other thoughts for you. Yeah, bringing bringing these things together, right? And that's yeah. why we, that's what MW Therapy does. Again, that website mwtherapy.com delivers a modern all-in-one outpatient PT EMR. It's all-in-one PT software with built-in patient portal, marketing automation, and billing features you want at a great value. Sharif, appreciate you dropping by the show. The last thing we do is the parting shot. That is brought to you by our friends at the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them at orthopt.org. With current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy available for sale now, upper quarter, lower quarter, or you could buy the entire body system. Listen, people have upper and lower quarters. I suggest buying both, but do what you want. Again, at orthopt.org. Sharif, what's a, what's a sentiment you'd want to leave with the audience as we wrap up today? Yeah, I well, first of all, I have to tell you, I've been thinking about the this this since our last uh, show, and I was like, can I guess what he's going to ask me? I did not guess that, but I guess mine mine would be optimism. You know, I think that um, there's always uncertainty, and I I think a lot of people are feeling trepidation these days, and understandably so. You know, no businesses thrive on stability and wanting to sort of know what's coming next, but. There's a lot to be optimistic about, um, you know, in in the PT space. I think, and there's, you know, I've again been doing this for a while, so I've seen tremendous, you know, changes and growth. Uh, you know, working with many practices, um, we're still seeing folks starting practices, which is really nice, and trying to serve that patient population. And and believe me, the need is out there. So um, so let's let's try and be optimistic and you know smile and and see what we can do to to sort of make it happen. And there's always, you know today and tomorrow we're here now we're here today we'll be here tomorrow and let's let's keep uh let's keep pushing so sharif those are my from mw therapy yeah. again that website mwtherapy.com sharif uh thanks for coming by they say the best conversations happen at happy hour thanks for coming to ours like what you hear tell a friend or leave a review on itunes or google play the show today is brought to you by the brooks institute of higher learning an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPintCast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at BuildPT.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. 
We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.